Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week we're all about the stop motion again as we put Charlie Chalk up against Okie Doke. And we take a special look at Noddy. And that means talking about Enid Blyton. She was nice, wasn't she? Producer Paul and I are still in different locations, but as ever, we're here to still bring you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. So, let's get started. Like I said in the intro, joining me as ever, it's Producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? I'm alright, I'm alright. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Had a pretty pretty productive week this week, so... Oh, okay, of, that's good. Lots of Ikea building, like Ikea furniture building. I still can't believe you have to build a chair. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I mean, I say that. that. I'm impressed they managed to flat pack a chair. That's, that's well, quite... they did it with a lamp. Had to build that. <laughs> Didn't know it could just come apart so easily. I'm just thinking, I'm buying a lamp. Damn it. Just on, off, switch. But I had to like hook it on, take it back off. And yeah. Anyway, yeah. What I was going to say was um, thank you to everybody who um, listened to what producer Paul and I had to say last week. I mean, it's not the most ideal topic to talk about it's not one of those topics where it's like joyful and happy it's it's a it's an uncomfortable conversation but it's one of those where it has to happen and it needs like white people to reconcile with who they are and 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 their privilege so it was quite um, important that we had that, and uh, yeah, thank you to to everyone who um, took the time out to uh, to listen and share. And I just hope that, despite everything that's happening with the protesting and the rioting that happened in in London, yeah, it's just all a bit. It's all a bit crazy, but. Uh, you just have to hope that you don't get caught up in the craziness and just kind of look out for yourself because making sure that you are okay, that's half the battle too. Making sure that you're okay, that your your mental health is okay. So, uh, And if listening to this helps, where we're talking about old school cartoons and bringing up good memories then uh yeah I, I just i'm just hope that i can i can be that help i can be that escape right i'll um start now because i don't want to ramble on too much so we're going to start with charlie chalk so that means going back to october 1988 not september that's coming up later Chilean dictator Augusto Pinochet loses a national plebiscite on his rule and he ends up relinquishing power in 1990. The United Kingdom bans broadcast interviews with IRA members, but the BBC gets around this strictness by uh, using professional actors. 
Ronald Reagan decides to tear down the new US Embassy in Moscow because of Soviet listening devices in the building structure. The accused was in the cinemas and A Groovy Kind of Love by Phil Collins was number one in the charts. I'm sure you know who Phil Collins is. Yeah, I know who Phil Collins is, but I don't know the song. Okay. That's half of it. So there you go. So uh, we're talking about Charlie Chalk. So this was created by Ivor Wood and written by Jocelyn Stevenson, directed by Derek Mockford. The opening theme is Charlie Chalk and it is sung by Ken Barry, who, if you remember, sings the theme song for Postman Power. Really. So yeah, this is a stop motion animation that was produced in the UK by Woodland Animations who also produced children's television programs such as Postman Pat, Gran, and Bertha. And it tells the story of Charlie Chalk, who is a jolly clown after falling asleep whilst fishing out at sea, ends up in a strange island by the name of Merry Twit. And characters in the island had to be aware of coconuts, which constantly fell from the trees onto the island. So the pilot episode of the series was entitled Shipwreck Charlie and it finds Charlie having just landed on Merry Twit and making friends with some of the inhabitants. He decides to stay and build a home there. And yes, the following episodes just follow Charlie and his new friends on various adventures on the island. You had Michael Williams who did the voice of Charlie Chalk, Lewis T. Duck, Trader Jones, Litterbug and Rabbit. Barbara Lee Hunt did the voices of Captain Mildred, Mary the Hover Fairy, and Ponker the Toucan. And John Wells was Arnold the Elephant, Edward, and Bert. So yeah, some of the characters, as I said, you had Charlie Chalk, who is a good-natured and friendly and peaceful clown. Captain Mildred was the boss of the island, and she was basically a, a parody of Margaret Thatcher. And she wants to see everybody hard at work. You had Mary the Hover Fairy, who was an old fairy who often proves useful due to her ability to cast spells. And I think she had a wand called Houdini. And Louis T. Duck, who was a small duck with a short temper, full of ideas and believes them to be the best. Arnold the Elephant is a pink elephant who's quite jolly but very clumsy. Edward, who was the monkey that spends time sleeping and has quite a dislike for work. Trader Jones was the island's odd job man. Bert was an ogre that was discovered by Charlie, Arnold and Lewis. And Litterbug, who was a tiny little bug who is kept busy tidying up litter around the island. So, uh, Charlie Chalk, Charlie Chalk. The uh, theme tune is amazing for this. I wouldn't uh, go as far as to say it was amazing, but it was very catchy. It was very classic British, catchy theme song for a cartoon. I think uh, I'd never seen it. I'm not sure about you, but I'd never seen it before. I Um, had a little bit as a kid. I don't remember it. Don't remember it. Doesn't ring a bell. um, But uh, pleasantly surprised by this one. Like, uh, it was very funny. Like, um, it was not like, uh, it wasn't just kind of like a, you know, they're doing funny things, but just 
the things that they say and the things that they do start off maybe a little bit like what the, what's going on or and and then they just start to be really funny i think it's um one of those like british humor things when yeah. you watch it it's very very dry humor a certain amount of people would like it i mean for me i did remember charlie chalk as a kid and i remember struggling to get into it as a kid and I definitely felt the same as an adult. I wasn't quite as enamoured by Charlie Chalk as you was. I found it very hard. I thought the pacing was way too slow. And I thought for 14, 15 minutes, I thought it was way too long. Get to the point. You've yeah, arrived on the island. Do, that's it. What, what, what do we need to know? Okay, introduce the characters and what have you. But it, I thought it was way too long. I thought was it uh, Meredith? I love her. Um, A something something and Mildred B, Meredith. Mildred, yeah, yeah. Sorry, um, A something something and B something something. Yeah, oh God, I will that, say I did was... like Mildred a lot. She was she was great. It just started off like a little bit funny and then ended up just like I can't wait to hear what she says for <laughs> because everything she says has an A and a B. Yeah, she likes to keep things in order. But I do, yeah, I think it was a, a like I said, it was a parody of Margaret Thatcher. So they were basically taking the taking a mix money away from. But um, yeah. what was I going to say? Yeah, um, apart from Mildred, like I said, I was watching it, and at times I thought it was very tough to watch because it's just it was so long. It was really slow paced, so he's like walking really slowly. Oh, Charlie, <laughs> where am I? I'm on this island. Okay, I've got to find this person. And then you're walking very slowly to that person. Oh, look, hello, it's this person. How are you? I'm very well. Right, we have to go to the uh, Trader Jones. And then you've got to walk very slowly to Trader Jones. Considering the um, the effort it takes to, um, you know, to, to create each frame of a stop motion, I'm surprised it was slow paced because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like as a lot would say, you just be like, uh, you do it as, you know, as economically as possible, but yeah. I mean, I did pick a, a stop motion week for you. Cause I know how I, much you love. Your yeah. Stop I'm, motion. I'm a huge fan of stop motion. I don't know what, I really can't put my finger on what it is because as we'll find out later, we, the, we've got the same show, but in CGI, or or different kind of animation and it's just not the same. It's just like a stop motion has this charm and this 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 brilliance to it that it's just I I, I love it. Like it, even now, like every every Christmas the um Wallace and Gromit movies come on and i I've watched them all a hundred times and I'll watch them a hundred times more. Yeah. What was I gonna say? Um for me the stop motion it's it's like childhood memories. It's just it's it's classic. It's it's something that I'm used to to watching. It doesn't feel the same like when we were doing Fire and Sam. It just didn't feel the same versus the CGI. There's just an authenticity to stop motion, and it's a yeah. That's a good word. Yeah. It's just it's it's real. It's authentic. There's got to be American stop motion cartoons, but I can't find any. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not really sure. Obviously, a lot of the big production houses that do stop motion now are in the UK. Yeah. Um, like Aardman Productions. I'm pretty sure they're English, right? I think so. Cobgrove um, is English too. Woodland uh, is, 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 is British as well. So, I, yeah, like I, I was... So, I was thinking, try and find other places that did stop it'll be, motion. It would be interesting to know if the Americans feel the same way about stop motion as we do. Um, that would well, to be, be honest, interesting. Um, because... I'm not sure what it is. I mean, we've—I think we've all grown up on some sort of stop motion, yeah, I or think that's puppetry what it is. or something like that. Yeah. Um, all these kind of real, th- real things, rather than drawings. If you see what I mean, you've got like the puppets of like Rosie and Jim, um, and uh, uh, the play days and things like that. And then we've got the stop motion of uh, Fireman Sam, Postman Pat. Um, uh, what have we watched today? Charlie Chalk and and all the others. Um, I, I, yeah, I'd be interested to know if if everyone else loves it as much as we do. Yeah, well, if you look at like the really, really iconic British cartoons, they're stop motion cartoons. So like Postman Pat is even Thomas iconic. the Tank Engine was stop motion, right? Or re- at least it was real. Originally, it was like real train yeah. sets. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, and stop motion with the stop con- the controllers and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was it was stop motion. So it was if you think of like the the the, the elite cartoons or the elite tv shows that came from this country they've got some element of stop motion to it so if you think postman pat if you think thomas tank engine if you think even fireman sam they're all they're all stop motion that's where they come from that's they're held to like such a a high regard and like i said the authenticity of it makes it all the more all the more amazing yeah shall we talk about episodes that we watched um yeah so i did kind of a three three five today i think what was the five i watched five of noddy because oh. there was quite a lot quite a lot of different things to watch yeah um so where did we start i started with charlie chalk and i went on... i didn't watch the pilot did you know shipwreck charlie so i can talk about the pilot then okay go ahead we'll try and keep it in as much order as uh, possible yeah, i don't know what order mine are so you'll have to help me yeah out. i don't know actually <laughs> i think i have it in order but i can't remember the numbers so i did watch like the like i said i watched the pilot and i watched the finale so yeah the pilot was shipwreck charlie and so yeah charlie chalk is a clown who was part of the circus troupe he's on a boat and he somehow ends up on Merry Twit and so he's meeting all the the people on Merry Twit so he meets Edward Trader Jones Captain Mildred Arnold and Lewis T. Duck and they're all thinking what Charlie should do and so they're all saying that Charlie needs to build a house to live in but they can't quite agree on the location because they don't want it to be too close to the sun or too close to the shade because he's going to get either hot or cold. And obviously, this is when we're meeting Mildred, and Mildred is like, These are the rules of Mary Twit. A, you must not do this. And B, you know, this. And C. Which, yeah, which was uh, all very funny. And then, um, yeah, Charlie builds his house. He manages to get wheels so that he can move around when it's hot and cold. and 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 whatnot and uh yeah like i said i found i found this pretty boring from being honest with you so it was very slow paced and i'm just thinking yeah this is 
at least three, five minutes too long for me. I think it should have been 10 minutes cut off. That should be, that should be all right. Now, I know the next episode I watched was episode four. So if you did watch anything before that, I don't know. I don't know. I've written episode names down. So I watched something called Treasure Hunt. It's my first episode. It must have been the second one then. That was the second episode? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Treasure Hunt was... Um, um, I've, I'm, I'm not sure what I've written. It's Captain Nearly Kills Charlie and then a map falls on him. Well, Captain Mildred. Yeah. I think she dropped she dropped something on. Or Why? I can't remember. Well, did, I don't know. Well, did Charlie start a union or something, and she had to, <laughs> and she had to repress it? Was it? <laughs> yeah, she's. Um, he was mining, and um, he closed it down. Oh, yeah, we, um, we know. Uh, old Maggie, <laughs> I mean Mildred, doesn't like the miners, does she? And the trade unions. Oh, she says something about going uh, privatizing or selling all the companies or so, I don't know. Um, so anyway, so coconuts off to uh, a foreign <laughs> land was it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so basically, Charlie finds a treasure map, and um, uh, he gets his friends. Um, uh, the Lewis, how, what is it, Lewis T. Duck? Yeah, and um, and the elephant to help him out. Um, so, uh, so the the ducks rude to the elephant Arnold, and um, uh, and he he kind of he gets lost, and then Lewis gets sad because um, he's without the elephant, um, and the, so they're kind of off on his treasure hunt thing, and then this this the both Lewis and um, Charlie sit on one side of the rock, and um, Arnold's sitting on the other side of the rock and they're both sad because they can't find each other. And then there's a noise. I think Arnold makes a noise and then the other guys make a noise and they they do the kind of walking backwards thing and then they bump into each other. Yeah. Uh, that whole classic cartoon moment. So, um, And they find the treasure uh, and, it's a, um, and it's a telescope and then they use the telescope to find their way back uh, because they get lost away from their camp. Um, and then they all agree that Arnold is the best treasure hunter. And that was, that was about it. I think I watched the episode like three times because I got distracted each time I watched it. <laughs> the next one I watched was Coconut Harvest. Yep. If that helps you. Okay. Shall I go, shall I go on again? Hang on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. It's, it's your go. Because that's episode um, so, three. Oh, so I must watch So you're three, watching two, it in three, order four. then. So you watched I, um, the sneezes was the last one I watched. Oh, I watched the sneezes too. So we can talk about that after you okay. talk about the coconut harvest. Okay, so Charlie's painting his house, um, and he hears a noise, and he goes to investigate. And what it is is the um, uh, the um, Trader Jones is uh, testing testing coconuts yeah. and see if they're see if they're ripe and they're ready for harvest. Uh, turns out they are ready for harvest so the kind of whole island go, gets involved in in um harvesting the coconuts yeah um and then what charlie's been doing his magic tricks like you know just um 
uh, what's it called, like sleight of hand magic. Yeah. And then uh, Trader Jones is like, oh, I wish I could do tr- magic, but he wishes it three times in a space of a short space of time, and this fairy appears from nowhere, and then she grants the wish that he can do magic. Um, and what my notes are so sparse on this, I thought I'd, I'd been better on this one, but basically the uh, the, the wish doesn't go to plan. Um, uh, and what, what, I don't, see, I didn't even write what he wished for. Um, why didn't I write that? Um, anyway, the, the fairy ends up staying. Uh, and then I, the, the, the main point I wrote on this episode was that you can't get away from the Welsh when it comes to stop motion. And I think I messaged you about that. Cause it's yeah, like you did. almost every single stop motion thing I've watched. There's been someone Welsh in it. Yes. Or it's been a Welsh cartoon. Trader Jones. No, it wasn't um, Trader Jones, was it? It was um the fairy, the old lady. Yeah, the fairy was a um. Oh, um, Mary, the hover yeah. fairy. Um, yeah, I can't remember what you wish for, but anyway, that's what I wrote about that episode. <laughs> 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 I don't know why I stopped writing notes on that episode. Because you were bored stiff, like I was. Yeah, I mean, it is quite an important thing to make a note of. Yeah, making a wish, but uh, yeah, the sneezes. You watched that, didn't you? So, uh... yeah. So I'll do my notes, <laughs> the small notes, and then you can fill in the gaps, maybe. So uh, Ch- Charlie gets a cold and wants to find the bye bye beast, but he's not allowed to go because um, he's sneezing all the time. And Geraldine tells him to go to the doctors. Ge- Who's Geraldine? I don't know. Why did I write Geraldine? Who the, <laughs> who the hell is Geraldine? I think it's, I think it's the uh, captain um, tells him to go to the doctors. Mildred, uh, who, isn't it? It's not Geraldine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I you wrote Geraldine. You called her Meredith. You called her Geraldine. Now you're calling her... Yeah. Um, Mildred says go to the doctors, but the, the doctors is... Because A, you might be sick... And B, <laughs> we don't want to be sneezing too. Which is quite like a important thing now. Um, but yeah, so it's tra- he goes to Trader Jones. Trader Jones seems to be everything. So Trader Jones is the doctor, he's the tradesman, he's the whatever. Anyway, so he goes and gets this cure from him. He has this kind of concoction and it's like ended up being the seaweed um, mixed up in this stuff. And you have to... Um, stand on one leg and put the seaweed on your face um and it cures him so um and then i put charlie has a spread it to everyone else and b not got a cold anymore um <laughs> uh, and then I don't it, think turns he, out it was because he had a cold it was an allergy wasn't it uh well no because he spread it to everyone else and everyone else had a cold after that or, or the seizures whatever it just, just yeah, sneeze, yeah. It's got to be some viral thing, maybe like I the particles know. or something. Yeah, and then so he's cured, and everyone else has a cold. But then it turns out that this seaweed dipped in the cold or the the cure is the bye bye beast's favorite food. Is it bye bye so, beast or is it litter bug? I've written bye bye beast. Um, yeah, I think you might be right. Uh, but that's what I wrote about that episode. For for such long episodes, my notes are extremely sp- sparse. Um, yeah, I, I think I've pretty much got the same 
for that episode. So my notes for episode four. Yes, yeah, basically same as yours. He's trying to look for the bee. He's trying to look for the bye bye beast, but because he's got the sneezes, he's got to go to Trady Jones to find a cure. And it turns out that the cure is the bye bye beast's favorite food. And yeah, so that's how they managed to catch him. So that was literally what I wrote. So not that much. Episode seven, I believe it was. And this was Mildred's day off. So basically, she's a bit bored of her day to day life of living on the boat. And Mary, the hover fairy, suggests that she has a day off. It just goes and not be in charge but Mildred is like that's ridiculous because A what am I going to do and B whom will be in charge and so Mary was like you just leave it to fate and Mildred's like who the bloody hell is fate when he's at home (laughs) like I don't know and they're like oh the first person that walks in the door is going to be the the person who's going to be in charge for the day. And she was like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't know if I can vibe with this. But they were like, look, just have the day off. Stop worrying and let whoever the first person comes in. And she was like, oh, hopefully it'll be Charlie because he's quite responsible. And instead of Charlie, it's uh, Edward, I think it is. The uh, mammoth looking thing. Edward, isn't uh, it? I didn't, I, I didn't get to see Edward. I didn't watch that enough episodes. He's the one that always sleeping a lot, isn't he? Oh, Arnold. Arnold. Is that Arnold? Arnold's the elephant. Not, but he's not an elephant. He's like a an ogre-looking thing. I think it might be Edward. But anyway, yeah, so Edward walks in and he's in charge. One thing I did like about this episode was that Mildred's got her own little jingle. And... You can hear it in the background. It's a lovely, catchy jingle, and it's probably the best thing about this whole freaking show was Mildred and her jingle. And so Edward is... He's not a very good leader. He's letting the fame get to his head. He's basically bossing everybody about. And they're all like, oh, we really, really miss Mildred. And they, and then somehow Mildred comes back, and she's like, "Yep, you've had you've had your turn, mate. Now get off the pedestal and give me back my hat, cause I'm the man up in this beast. King Kong ain't got nothing on me." And that's how that episode ends. And the last episode I watched was Goodbye Hello. So Charlie is feeling homesick. Even though he is enjoying his new life on Merry Twit, he's decided that he wants to go back home and go back to the circus. But all the the folks on Merry Twit are like, please don't go, please don't go. We've loved having you here and we want you to stay. And Charlie's literally in the middle of the boat and he's having like loads of flashbacks and thinking about all the times he spent on the Merry Twit. And then he decides to stay in Merry Twit. That's how it ends. He just ends up back on the island. And he's just like, oh, well, someone go make me a banana sandwich because I'm going to stay on this island forever and ever and ever. And that was Charlie Chalk.
Very boring, very forgettable for me. Well, maybe not forgettable, but yeah, I just, yeah, it was... I think the episodes are really long. The episodes are really long, but I think it has some really nice redeeming features about it. Like, um, but yeah, Mildred. Yeah, Mildred was funny. The characters were quite like were quite good. Um, animation was great, um, and the theme tune was fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Now we go on to Okie Doke. And we're going to September 1995 again. And some of the things happening in the world. Yitzhak Rabin and Yasser Arafat sign a court to transfer the West Bank to the PLO. The trial against former Italian Prime Minister Giulio Andreotti, who's accused of mafia connections, begins. And eBay was founded. Seven was in the cinemas and Mr. Bombastic by Shaggy was number one in the charts. Judging by that giggle, I think even you know this song. Yeah, I know this one. <laughs> Good stuff. So now we're going on to Okie Doke. So this was a British children's television program produced by Cosgrove Hall Films and was animated with stop motion and yeah just a little bit about Cosgrove Hall Films they're a British animation studio founded by Brian Cosgrove and Mark Hall some of their really famous programs so Danger Mouse, Count Duckula, Noddy's Toyland Adventures, Bob the Builder and many many more the theme song was composed and sung by Ernie Wood who also composed the incidental music for the series. Oh, I I love this theme song so much. It's a very lovely theme song. It's yeah, it's such an endearing theme song. Like I could just there's like a thing on YouTube where you can listen to it for a whole hour, like a loop. Really? <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't mind just listening to this on a loop for like an hour. It's just yeah, it's a that's a lovely, endearing theme song. And very brings me back to my childhood. Yeah, completely. I was going to say that it just reminds me of like sitting down in front of the TV after school or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what, you know, just that nice kind of yeah. bygone days type thing. I know. What was I going to say? Um, so, yeah, Okie Doke was a character who lived in an oak tree. His head was an acorn and an oak leaf covered his upper body. His skin was light green and had distinctive rosy cheeks. He was a friendly character and a well-respected member of the forest. He slides down the slide around his treehouse every day and his friends include squirrels, mice, toes, hedgehogs and moles. Start of the show, one of his friends would ring a bell at the bottom of his tree, which would wake him up and he would then ride a slide that wound round the trunk of the tree to the bottom. And that's how the episode will begin. And as the theme song goes, cross the dell and ring the bell. You'll understand. Don't worry, because here comes Okie Doke. The friendliest of Oak is Mr. Okie Doke. Which, you know, as a kid, I used to always think, okay, he can slide down. But how is he going to get back up? In a long old walk. Maybe that's why he spends the rest of the episode on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, because he, you can, obviously someone would like ring the bell in his house and then he would come sliding down. But like when he wants to go home at the end of the day, because he's knackered, how's he going to go back up? You're taken up there by a bird. He's got, you promise not to eat me. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's an acorn, isn't he? Why would birds eat that? I was thinking maybe I would use him as a nest then. Cause there isn't any meat and flesh to him, is there? No, but they can use nuts and seeds, don't they? <laughs> maybe. Well, squirrel's going to bury him. Yeah, save him for the winter, perhaps. But yeah, like I said, a typical episode. There would be a friend who had an everyday problem in the woods, and Oki would immediately come to their aid. There would be a dilemma, and he would help them, and he would be assisted by friends from the forest. Many of the problems were arose, arose as a result from Dave and Denzel, who I think were the squirrels, and they would yeah, so, uh, they carry were action. They would carry really out important. actions without considering the consequences, and they would usually show some remorse when Oki later confronted the pair about their behavior. And towards the end of each episode, after Oki helped solve the problems, he would state, well, it's like I always say, followed by a rhyming phrase, and the phrase will be in relation to the solution of the problem. Before I pass on to you, some of the characters of Okie Doke, you obviously had the, the friendly folk, the friendliest of folk, Okie Doke. You had the Mole family, which consisted of Mr. Manny, Mrs. Millie, Marcia, and Marcus. You had the Mice family, who were the Corncrackers. So there was Albert, Rose, Root, and Snoot, and Hickory. The Frog family was Moses, Neptune, Abel, and Granny Annie. And she used to push around a bowl containing three tadpoles on a pram. The hedgehog, fami- <laughs> the hedgehog family was the Tickles. So you had Mrs. Tickle, Lizzie, Libby, and Shrimp. The squirrel family consisted of Rufus, Rain, and their baby squirrel called Hazel. And two mischievous gray squirrels called Dave and Denzel, who communicate frequently with cups and a string phone. Now, on that note, I'll pass on to you. Because I think you wanted to say something about Dave and... uh... Yeah, so obviously Dave and um, Denzel are the grey squirrels, right? They should have been... If if they had had American accents, this would have been genius. Why American accents? Because grey squirrels are not native to the UK. They're native to North America. Um, And when when the grey squirrel was introduced to the UK, they almost wiped out the red squirrel population. <laughs> so they're not good. They're not good for the gray squirrel, uh, for the red squirrel. So they so missed a trick then. So I thought, no, the thing is, I thought that, I think they made them baddies on purpose, which I thought was genius. But if they had just added the American accent, it would have been like amazing. Um, <laughs> but I think they had the Cockney accents, didn't they? So yeah, they did. But obviously they, yeah, well, the gray squirrels. <laughs> I about, I about really... play a trick on Okie Dokie. There's only a few places the red squirrels actually exist now, I think, in the UK. Because um, they got their head kicked in by the grey ones. Um, yeah, uh, th- this is one that, one that I definitely watched as a as a kid. I definitely didn't get any of the references. but And I, can't, I couldn't remember any of the characters, but I remembered the theme tune as soon as I saw it. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this is the one. Um, it definitely had that straightaway nostalgia on this yeah. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's so... 
memorable, nostalgic. Yeah. This takes me all the way back, man. But one thing that's really good is that it didn't disappoint either. It didn't like, do you know some things you think, oh my god, that was amazing when I, when I was a kid. I, I'd completely forgotten about this show, completely forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, and so do you know some sometimes you get the shows where you remember them and you're like, oh yeah, that was amazing. You watch them, you know. Yeah. And and and, and they're never quite. Hmm. You know, you know, they're never quite. Um, Done a few of those. Me. We? Yeah, exactly. But this one, I completely forgot about it, and then bam, straight back in there, and it was amazing. So I was like, really pleased about that. What I was gonna say, I mean, as as a kid, I wasn't I wasn't particularly crazy about Okie Doke, but because it was such an easy watch, I could just sit down and watch it and just wait for the next program to come on. I wasn't. It was one of those where, oh my god, Okie Doke is on. Just hurry up and finish. And it was very, very, very easy to watch. It's very easy to follow simple like set pattern for the episode someone rings the bell okie doke comes down there's dave and denzel doing something and then okie doke would teach him a lesson and then you'd say oh the lesson of the day is don't be a, a thieving git or whatever it was and, <laughs> and then he'll come up with his little saying at the end which i actually managed to write down for the four episodes i watched i'm not going to ask I you wrote... to remember what he said at the end i, wrote, be... I only wrote one Oh, did you? Yeah. At the end. Um, I mean, I didn't realize it was a thing until the third episode that I watched. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I thought it might be after the first, so I just wrote it down anyway because it, it was just, it was really, it was really random and 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 quite funny. So I just thought, oh, I'll just make a note of it anyway. And then once I did my notes and research, you realize, yeah, it's it's a very much a thing of the. Uh, of the show is that hey he's gonna leave you with one of his uh mannerisms or sayings which i'm not sure it makes sense but then once i read it out hopefully it does uh it does it does make some kind of sense so shall we go into episodes yep um the first one i watched was called the lonely mouse that was the pilot okay cool i watched that too. um so there's a shrew comes, but he thinks he's a mouse or likes to think he's a mouse. Um, and Oki takes to, uh, Oki Doke takes him to the, um, to the mice. You're like, oh, you can be friends with the mice then. And the mice is straight away, straight away. They're rude to him. They're picking on him. Cause Hickory, his no, name is. Yeah. So Hickory's the thing. Well, I, don't, I didn't write down the name of the daughter. Who's, who's, who's really rude to him. Snoot. Yeah, so Snoot's really rude to to him about having no tail. Like straight well, up haven't they got it. a tail? <laughs> um, and then um, she gets her tail caught in a. Um, it took me a while to figure out if Hickory is a boy or a girl. Hickory was um, a boy. Yeah, and then she she uh, so Snoot gets her tail caught, and then um, Hickory rescues her. Um, and then they all kind of live happily ever after, and the mice agree to let him stay with them, even though he's a shrew, not a mouse. Oh, he's a mouse. Leave him alone. You can tell by his nose that he's a mouse. As a shrew, he's a mouse. He's got did to draw you, the line somewhere. He's did you did you write the uh, the thing that? Okie no, I didn't. Did I didn't write. No, I didn't. I, I did. didn't even notice. What did he say? Doesn't matter if you're a shrew or a mouse. <laughs> not quite. So yeah, he you ends with the episode. It's like I always said, a cat's not a dog, and a sprat's not a whale. You can't tell a mouse by a glance at his tail. 
<laughs> and that's how the episode ends. What is a sprat? Um, I'll tell you in a minute. Sprat. Oh, it's a fish. Little little ditty fish. No. Oh. Yeah, that was but, a, uh, a cute saying from uh, from good old Okie Doke. Right. What's the next one you watched? Um, the next one I watched was called The Nut Mystery. Uh, so Okie Doke's having a spring clean and he drops something off his house and it lands on Albert, the granddad mouse. Um, he's been nut collecting. Uh, I think they're all getting ready for the the big freeze. Um, uh, and I put in capital letters, the Welsh mole has had, has made an invention. Um, and there's a grey squirrel is a bit of a nasty one. It's funny because they all wiped out the red squirrels in the UK. Um, the grey <laughs> steals... The grey steals all. Denzel and Dave stole all the nuts, and the moles made a water detector. I don't know why he did, but he did. Um, and then, so they changed it to make it into a nut detector. And there's a little moment in here that I'm 99% sure is on purpose, and it's for the adults. But I'm not sure. Uh, you could never be quite sure because it's literally like a a couple of frames. This you know sometimes you see. Adult content is sneaked into kids' t- TV shows, and it's just not like it's, this. Is not like a that bad, but I mean, it's just funny because it, it, so they're looking for the Dave and Denzel stole the nuts, right? And there's a male squirrel in the scene here, and the, just as the scene cuts to another scene, the nut detector is it, it kind of moves in the direction of the nuts, right? And so it's like, oh, it's over here, it's over there, and and then and and it and it just hits the the male squirrel between the legs and then it cuts but it's like it's like it's to say like there's nuts there kind of thing <laughs> and and it's it's so subtle it's so subtle no but, oh, but i clocked it I, I i have to try and dig it out for you but it's this um wow it's like it's one of those things that it's kind of first first clutch like did that happen was that a thing <laughs> um but anyway so it turns out um the baby mouse goes missing and they make it into a baby detector and the baby mouse is eating all the squirrels squirrels nuts that, that denzel and dave stole um and i didn't write down the ending bit for this did you watch this episode i did not um okay i'll, I'll try and make one up when um, I did write the next one. So I, I, the next one I wrote was the uh, Okie Doke and the Party. Um, and it's the day of the Okie Hoedown. Okie Hollows Hoedown. Um, and Rose the Mouse's oven is broken. And the mole tries to fix it. Uh, it turns out that it's a hat in the flu. And the mouse put... It, so the little baby mouse put it there. And stole it from Granny Annie. Um, and they say that you have to go and give it back. Um, uh, and then Denzel or Dave steals it, steals the the hat, and they're like, "Oh, I've got this hat," and they put it on, and it gets covered in soot. Um, and it's kind of a very that, that bitsy episode. But the 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 thing at the end was, you can't wear a pizza, you can't eat a hat, and you can't beat a hoe down. No doubt about that. <laughs> <laughs> And that, yeah, that was my three episodes. Okay, so I watched Okie Doke and The Birthday Cake. So Mrs. Tickle 
has a cold. And Lizzie's not very happy about that because it's her birthday and she's thinking, oh, she might not be able to bake me a cake. And so Okie Doke tries to get some help to make a cake for Lizzie's birthday party. So he's basically going around looking around and see if he can make a cake and he's getting all the uh, all the little other animals to help him out. And then one of the little mice, mice they trip over and the cake gets ruined. But it turns out that Miss Tickle had made a cake earlier. And so the day was saved. And I think in this episode as well, Oki was trying to get some medicine from Granny Annie so that he could give it to Mrs. Tickle so that she could feel a lot better. So he's just basically running around running around the place like a madman trying to find all this stuff and then he's also making the cake. And then yeah, it ends with all of them having a bit of cake and Oki saying, you can try to get fit till your fingers rake, but there's no substitute for a nice slice of cake. And then the last episode from season one was Okie Doke and the Wishing Well. And so Dave and Denzel, they make a wishing well to try and collect nuts from wishmakers. So in order to, it's basically they're making a, a well thing and they're saying, oh, if you put a, put a nut inside, then you could make as much wishes as you'd like. And one of the frogs, I'm going to say Moses, he makes a wish. He's like, oh, I wish I can fly. And Oki finds out what they're doing. So he's like, right, we're going we're gonna to get these uh, Dave and Denzel. And so he um, attaches the frog onto something. And so... The frog is like, I wish I could fly. And Dave and Denzel are like giggling, going, <laughs> look at this idiot wishing that he could fly. <laughs> and they're like, Dave, is that a flying frog I see? Why, yes, it is, Denzel. It is a flying frog. What should we do, Dave? I don't know, Denzel. And so they're like freaked out by it. I don't think, I don't think they had that kind of conversation about them. Like, like they're in Snatch or something. But um, yeah, so uh, they're figuring out, oh, maybe this thing does work. So they're like throwing all these nuts into the wishing world going, I wish I can have this. I wish I can have that. I wish I can have this. And yeah, so the the lesson is don't play tricks on people. And Oki's last kind of line was, you can wish upon a shooting star or a moon that's blue. But when you wish upon a nut, your dreams might just come true. I'm not really sure what that what that means exactly. And season two, the last episode was, and this was the finale, Okie Doke and the Shooting Star. So the the Corn Crackers, so the 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 mice family, they spot a shooting star in the the night sky. And so Snoot and Hickory are trying, they trick Root into thinking it was a flying saucer. 
So um, Oki helps Root to trick them back by thinking that that um, a spaceman has come to Earth, and he scares the bejesus out of Hickory and and, and Snoot. So he's all alien-like going, I'm an alien, take me to your leader, and every other cliched thing about aliens. And so they're like, oh, you guys, you tricked us really, really good. Like, oh, man, I got punked kind of thing. And, and yeah, the last thing that he said was, when you've been made fun of, put a smile on your face, stick a sieve on your head, and pretend you're from space. <laughs> and that was the end of Okie Doke. Right, let's uh, let's choose. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first because it's very obvious. Okie Doke, all day long, seven days a week, twice on a Sunday. I just thought it was easier to watch. The theme song was incredible and amazing and nostalgic i mean look charlie chalk isn't the worst thing that we've done i keep saying that about lots of tv shows that we've done but it was it was very tough to watch i found it it was heavy weather to sit through 15 minutes of charlie chalk as opposed to nine ten minutes of uh okie doke yeah i just thought okie doke was easier to watch very easy to follow, very straightforward, very nice, very lovely, very cute. But Charlie Talk, it was okay, but it was just, yeah, heavy weather. I think um, this week I'm going to have to agree with you. Um, I do think that um, Charlie Talk has some good redeeming features about it. Yeah. Um, but I think I completely agree when you say that it's it was a bit long and a bit slow. Um, you could tell by my notes because I watched, you know, I watched the three episodes and my notes were not about the episode. So, um, yeah, it's completely, um, I think that speaks for itself really. And I think the, the, the sheer nostalgia of, um, Okie Doke and the, and the theme tune and how it holds up and everything else. Yeah. Like this is what this podcast is all about for me. Like, you know, finding these little gems and seeing how they hold up against today's thing. I remember that from when I was a kid and how does it now? And, and, and to be honest, it's fantastic still. So yeah. Okie doke for me. Absolutely. That's what this podcast is all about. Right. The main event. Noddy. We're going to be focusing, I think, more on the uh, Noddy's Toyland Adventures. So I thought we'd just do some stuff from September 1992. Again, so some of the things happening in the world. Gay Kilway becomes the first female jockey to ride a winner at England's famous Royal Ascot. May Jemison is the first African-American woman to go into space aboard the Endeavour STS-47. The Chamber of Deputies of Brazil votes to impeach President of Brazil Fernando Collor de Mello as the country's first democratically elected leader in 29 years. Vice President Itamar Franco becomes acting president. The last of the Mohicans was in the cinema. And Ebenezer Good by The Shaman was number one in the charts. 
So let's go all the way back with Noddy. Let's 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 let's, let's take it. Let's take it back, right? So Noddy is a fictional character created by English children's author Enid Blyton, and it was originally published between 1949 and 1963. And there were 24 books between that time. So the first one was Noddy Goes to Toyland, and the last one was Noddy and the Aeroplane. It was illustrated by Dutch artist Elko Martinez. Ten Harmerson van der Beek from 1949 until his death in 1953 and the work was continued by Peter Wink and television shows actually based on the character first made its debut on British television in 1955 and still continues to appear to this day and the first book explains Noddy's origins so he was made by a woodcarver in a toy store, but he runs away after the man begins to make a wooden lion, which scares Noddy. And he's wandering through the woods naked, penniless and homeless. And that's where he meets Big Ears, who's a friendly gnome. And Big Ears decides that Noddy is a toy and takes him to live in Toyland. And he generously provides Noddy with a set of clothing and a house. And while Noddy is quite happy to be a toy, the other citizens of Toyland are not sure that he is actually a toy. So they actually put <laughs> they put Noddy on trial and examine whether he is a toy <laughs> or an ornament. <laughs> <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> and so eventually he is declared a toy, but he has to convince the court that he is a good toy. And the judge accepts that Noddy is good after a doll tells the court that he saved her little girl from a lion. And so he's allowed to stay in Toyland. And Noddy gets his car in the second book. It was given to him after he helped solve a local mystery. So, as we said, some of the TV... Like, they were on TV, so some TV shows of Noddy. So you had The Adventures of Noddy which was first made its debut in 1955. Then you had The Further Adventures of Noddy, which came out in 1963. Noddy was 1975 to 1976. Noddy's Toyland Adventures came in 1992. Noddy, again, on its own, was 1998. Make Way for Noddy was 2002. Noddy in Toyland in 2009 and Noddy Toyland Detective, which came in 19, not 19, but 2016 to the modern day. So uh, before we go to, actually, let me just go through the characters and then we can talk about Enid Blyton. Yay, Enid Blyton. Woo, woo. So yeah, you got Noddy, who is a kind and honest wooden thing. He often gets in trouble either through his own misunderstandings or because someone has played a trick on him. There's Tessie Bear, who is a clever and kind female teddy bear who is Noddy's best friend. There's Big Ears, who is a wise, bearded gnome who lives in a toadstool house. And he's like Noddy's father figure. You got Dinah Doll, who is a China doll, a black China doll. 
who sells all kinds of everything in the market. Mr. Plod or PC Plod, he's the toy line policeman. Bumpy Dog, who's in the original book, in the original books, lives with Tessie Bear. And then you've got Sly and Gobbo, who are mischievous goblins, and they usually steal things such as ice cream, coins, or Noddy's car. Enid Mary Blyton. So she was born in East Dulwich in 1897 on the 11th of August. That's where my mate lives now. Oh, East Dulwich. Yeah, middle of nowhere. Very bougie and posh, I would imagine. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, she's an English children's writer whose books have been among the world's bestsellers since the 1930s selling more than 600 million copies. And her books are still enormously popular and have been translated into 90 languages. Obviously, some of her best remembered books are Noddy, The Famous Five, Mallory Towers, and The Secret Seven Stories. First accusations of racism in Enid Blyton's books were first made by Lena Jager, in a Guardian article published in 1966, in which she was critical of Blyton's The Little Black Doll, published a few months earlier. Basically, I think there was a character called Sambo, who was the black doll of the title, hated by the owner and the other toys, owing to his, and I quote, ugly black face, and runs away. (laughs) And a shower of rain washes his face clean, after which he is welcomed back home with his now pink face. Wow. Yikes. And Jamaica Kinsade, who is a Antiguan journalist, I think, she also considered the Noddy books to be deeply racist because of the blonde children and the black gollywogs. And in the 1944 novel, The Island of Adventure, A black servant named Jojo is very intelligent, but is particularly cruel to the children. And also accusations of xenophobia were also made. George Greenfield said, and I quote, Enid was very much part of that between the wars middle class, which believed that foreigners were untrustworthy or funny or sometimes both. And Phyllis Hartnell, who was a books editor, said, and I quote, There is a faint but unattractive touch of old-fashioned xenophobia in the author's attitude to the thieves. They are foreign, and this seems to be regarded as sufficient to explain their criminality. And in December 2016, the Royal Mint had discussed featuring Blyton on a commemorative 50p coin, but dismissed the idea because she was, quote-unquote, known to have been a racist, sexist, homophobe, and not very well-regarded writer. And to address criticisms leveled at Blyton's work, some, some later editions have been altered to reflect more politically progressive attitudes towards issues such as race, gender, violence between young persons, the treatment of children by adults, and legal changes in Britain as to what is allowable for young children to do in the years since the stories were originally written, so example, purchasing fireworks, and also modern reprints of the Noddy series substituted teddy bears or goblins for gollywogs, for instance. And this was quite a really sinister thing about Noddy. So apparently in one 
story. It might be here come Noddy again. So basically, the Gollywogs steal Noddy's car. They dump him naked in the dark woods. So they replace that to goblins, and they only take Noddy's shoes and hat, and they return it at the end of the story and apologize. God, <laughs> that quite... is. How is that for children? <laughs> Seriously. Some of the things you've been saying, like, I, you know, I had a little chuckle to myself over some of the things you've been reading out. And it's because I honestly can't believe some of the stuff you're saying to me. Like, it's I've got my like, hands. This is utterly ridiculous. What do you mean they steal his car and, and dump him <laughs> naked in the dark wood? How are you going to read that to your children? Imagine if that's. <laughs> Imagine if you did read it and you were just like. <laughs> The thing is, this must have got past. This must have got past the publisher. Well, apparently, one publisher at the time even thought, even for those days, he was like, "Yeah, you're, you're, you're a little bit too much for me, Enid." But I think one other, one other um, publication like released all of her books and and stuff like that. But Noddy is racist. Wow. It's it's actually quite like thing is obviously because it's, it's because it's still around today. Obviously, like, like you said, it's been doctored and adjusted and written differently and whatever. Good, now. but but the thing is, it's weird to think that it survived. Do you know? It's weird to think. That well, it they had to make that. a ton of changes. So instead of stealing his car and dumping him naked in the dark wood, they just basically nick his car and take his hat and then they bring it back it, to him and they apologize. Isn't it weird to think that they didn't think? Like, um, guys, we just start again. Do you know? And no, was that... because at the time they probably thought it was fine, and I don't yeah. think Enid Blyton was the type of person who was going to apologize for it. She was like, "This is my book. This is how I'm going to write it." Yeah. And I wonder what she would have thought of all the changes because I think yeah, she died in 1968. So I don't think she never really got around to seeing any of this uh, brand new stuff, but... Probably would have finished her off, to be honest. Well, she probably would have been like, oh, well, I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this one. Mm. And they would have probably told her where to go, frankly. I mean, I want to tell her where to go. To be perfectly honest. God, that is... Yeah, I'm... When I was looking at is it, the... even the beginning, like... The way like he runs out butt ass naked in the middle of the woods because he's scared of a little lion. That's how Noddy starts. Like, what's that all about? And then putting him no, on I didn't trial. Even know about this. Yeah, I didn't know about any of this side. And then they're putting him on trial because he's weird and different and he doesn't look like everyone else. So I love they're gonna the, have to put the, him on trial. I love the, the the is he an ornament or is he a toy thing? That's that's, that's, that's genius. <laughs> I don't even know where to go from here now. Um, right, let's um, talk about Noddy that we did watch. I think we should try and do it in as much chronological order as possible. So yeah. I don't suppose you watched any of the old Noddy stuff. So, no, no. I think the first one I watched was was it ninety two? Yeah. So I'll I'll the start. First one I watched is called Noddy loses sixpence. Hang on, That's hang the on, first hang one on, I watched. Yeah. So um, I watched. The first thing I watched, yeah, was the 1975 version of Noddy. So, okay, so I actually made some notes about this episode. It was very uh, interesting. 
So, yeah, so this episode is called Well Done Noddy. So the premise is basically Big Ears has a, an accident with his bike and his bicycle is smashed to pieces and he takes a nasty bump to his head. So Noddy takes him home so that he can look after him. So yeah, some of the extra notes that I made was that there was an elephant who had an Indian accent, which I thought was pretty random. Was it an Indian elephant? Did he have small ears or big ears? I don't know. Shoot. All I just saw was the accent, and that was making me uncomfortable. Because there's two types of elephant, right? Like main types of elephant. Man, Indian I don't elephant know. And an African elephant. I don't know. The the point is, there was an <laughs> elephant who had a, a, a an Indian accent, and I didn't really like that. And so basically, Noddy's thinking, right? I'm gonna try and make some extra money so that I can um, I can try and get Big Ears a, a brand new bike. And so he's, he bumps into Mr. Tubby Bear. So Noddy is serenading Mr. Tubby Bear going, oh, Mr. Tubby Bear, you're this and that and everything in between. And the Tubby Bear is like, oh, I quite like this song. Here's, here's five pence. And then he goes to Mr. Wobbly Man and he's basically helping Mr. Wobbly Man try and plant some seeds because he, Mr. Wobbly Man has no legs. Basically, his butt is his leg. So he's just basically spinning around because he can't do much. And he's like, I'm getting knackered. Can you finish off planting these seeds? So he does that. And so Noddy's like, right, I'm going to do the same. I'm going to try and get some sweets. But Mr. Wobbly's like to Noddy, yeah, sweets don't grow, but seeds do. So here you go, plant these. And then what have I got here? I've got PC Plod asking Noddy some questions because apparently Noddy is accused of stealing some stuff from a shed and you've got the three Skittle children who are like snitching on Noddy going he did it, he did it, he did it and PC Plod is basically arresting Noddy on the on the spot so he's just like right you you're, you're coming downtown with me and so Big Ears is like whoa 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 Noddy's got nothing to do with this. Go out and get the evidence before you accuse Noddy of 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 of, of being a, a little thief. And so Noddy goes out in the middle of the night and does a little stakeout and he sees that Gobbo the Goblin had been stealing and he makes a joke appear, which I'm not quite sure what that means. But yeah, so they find out that it's Gobbo that's been stealing and so... He was like to uh, Big Ears. No, Go- Noddy says to Gobbo, right, I'm not going to tell the police, but w- what you have to do is you have to make up for the bike. And so Gobbo the Goblin does a little bit of magic and he makes a bike appear out of nowhere. And uh, that episode comes to a happy end. And now we can finally move on to Noddy's Toyland Adventures so yeah so this was done by uh, Cosgrove Hall Films in stop motion and the show featured memorable voicing acting talents of Susan Sheridan and Jimmy Hibbert and yeah so it's just basically about the adventures of Noddy who lives in Toyland with his red and yellow car 
and he's often trying to make a sixpence or getting himself in trouble and yeah he's always there with his friends Big Ears, Tessie and Martha the Monkey and Dinah Doll and, and Sly and Gobbo so yeah let's talk about Noddy's Toyland Adventures so I think this is the one that I remember as a child yep I think this one we um, all remember yeah. Um, so the first episode I watched was, I think, the the series one episode of one, Noddy Loses Sixpence. Yep. Or in America, um, Noddy Loses Some Money. <laughs> I think it should be called that here because, I mean, I, I did do sort of a bit of research about the, the, the money, to be <laughs> honest. But um, so uh, it starts off in the milkman is delivering his milk, uh, but he's sad because he's lost his watch. Um, Noddy's off to do his taxi runs. I still find it weird that Noddy's a guy. Like, I, it's one of these things that I thought for so long that Noddy was a girl that it's a bit distracting sometimes. Why? You did I this when we were I... talking about the Noddy shop. Yeah, I think I think it's just the rosy cheeks and the, the high pitched voice and the. What I, are you talking a... about? I thought he was a little girl. Um, How? But anyway, so... well, How? I can sound like... He's called Noddy. How many girls do you know are called Noddy? I don't know any boys called Noddy, to be fair. Noddy Holder. Who? It's Christmas! Oh, yeah, but come on. (laughs) There you go. I gave you a guy called Noddy. All right, fair enough. There's lots Um, of guys called Noddy. Loads. Like the little boy with a red and yellow car, even though it says in the bloody theme tune, bing, the bing, little boy bing, in the bing. red and yellow car. Um. Anyway, so um, he's picking up the rude French cat, um, and he says like, "You got to keep your tail inside the car because it's dangerous." And then she doesn't, and she loses her tail. Um, and then she says, "If you don't find my tail, then you owe me sixpence. I'm not paying you sixpence." Um. So. Then she picks up another uh, a woman, and then she puts. This is foolish by Noddy, to be honest. He instead of like securing her luggage to the car, he just says, "Nah, just just leave it there. Just balance it. It'll be fine." He loses it, and then she says, "If you lo- if you lost my bag, then you you know you owe me sixpence again." Um, so he tries to retrace the steps. It turns out that the the monkey has the cat's tail and using her scarf. The mouse has nicked the bag and the watch. Um, and then Noddy gives everything back, which make and she makes two sixpences, and the milkman gets to ring Noddy's bell, which I thought was really weird. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. Um, and I and I wrote that two uh, sixpences worth um, tw- two and a half new p- new p. But this, I was thinking, right? Do you know, like it says, oh, this is equivalent to this much money, right? Yeah. And it but it doesn't really add up because if you said like. If, if say if someone's like taxi fare was sixpence, right, and that equates to two and a half new pence, but how could it possibly equate to two and a half new pence? Because two and a half p wouldn't get you anywhere in a taxi. Do you see what I mean? Maybe so back in the day it would. Yeah, what I mean is it can't be worth that now, right? Well, don't think of it in twenty twenty time. Think of it back then in Toyland time. Yeah, two and a half new p. Anyway, that's how much you'd have got paid for a taxi fare. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, the next one I watched was episode two. So, do you want me to carry on? Yeah. Um, so Noddy gets a late knock by um the goblin, and she is the female one. I don't know what the female one's called. No idea. 
Um, so the female Gobbo might be Sly. Who? Sly. Yeah. So Sly asks um, uh, Noddy if you take her to the party in the woods, and she's like, "Look, listen, I, I know it's weird, but I'll pay you loads of money for it. I'll give you a bag of sixpences." That's what she says. Um, Noddy agrees, but it's a trap, uh, and Gobbo and the woman steal Noddy's car, um, and then she goes to. Big Ears' house to get some help, and Big Ears and PC Plod, along with the dog, help find the goblins. And that's what I wrote about that episode. Uh, the next one I watched was episode eight, which was called Thief episode. Oh, okay. So that was it's yeah. It's funny you mentioned the Thief episode because obviously one of the other programs that I missed mentioning about Noddy was um, the Noddy Shop or Noddy in Toyland, which was the uh, Canadian show about the uh, yeah. the guy who owned the shop. And what they do is, like, when they're telling stories, they use the examples of Noddy to try and explain the stories. And the episode that I watched was about, I think, a thief or something, and they were accusing him of something. And that was the Noddy episode I watched, where basically someone is stealing stuff, and he's got a, a bell on his head. And and so everybody thinks yeah. it's Noddy, but it's not. That's exactly the um, the storyline here. Um, so basically, um, Noddy wakes up, thinks it's gonna be a nice day, but Noddy's in trouble. Everyone thinks he broke and entered. Um, and um, they go to the the shopkeeper and find out if anyone um has bought a bell because the they everyone said the thief had a bell, so it must be Noddy. Uh, it turns out that Mouse bought the bought the bell for for Gobbo the Goblin so that they could um you know. Um, frame Noddy, uh, and then they catch the thief red-handed, and everyone loves Noddy again. I don't like how in most episodes everyone is like treating him as some kind of pariah or ostracizing him. Like PC Plod has got it in for Noddy from like from the jump. He's got he's got something in for him. Right, I'm taking you downtown. Whoa! You haven't even read me my rights, and he's like, "It's quite the, an appropriate time to be discussing the, the uh, PC plot having it in for Noddy." Then putting the cuffs on him, and they needed to defund him. You know, <laughs> but it's um, yeah, that's one of those things where I just thought, yeah, what what do you what do you want from Noddy? The guy drives around for a sixpence. You guys are Two all making UP. him do all this sort of stuff for him, and he's doing it out of his own goodness of his heart. And y'all are treating him like some kind of hardened criminal. Like, cut, cut my guy some slack, man. So, is that the last Noddy's Toyland adventure you watched? Yeah, right. And then I went on to make way for Noddy after that. Okay, so I'll talk about the ones that I watched. So, yeah, I did watch Noddy loses sixpence which we, we talked about. I watched Noddy and Martha Monkey. So basically, Noddy's car is, is in a right state. It's really, really dirty because obviously he's been to the farm and back and basically doing some stuff. And so he's trying to clean the car, but he's really, really tired. And so he's trying to get someone to clean the car. And so master tubby bear is like oh i'm trying i'm trying to be good because obviously he's quite a he's like a naughty little bear he's like a toe rag basically and so he's like right i'm trying to straighten up and fly right 
So he's like, I'll clean the car. I'll, 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 do, I'll do a good job, Noddy. I promise. So Noddy's going inside. He's having a, a nap or whatever. He comes back and he's like, right, I've got a busy day of work to do, but his car is like stuttering and coughing and splattering. And he's like, what have you done to my car? And I think he's put something in the in the gas tanks or maybe a bit of water because he's like, Master Tommy Bear's like, oh, well, I thought that's what you do with the car. Like, if it's thirsty, I'll just put something inside the, the thing. And so he has to take it to the garage and he has to try and get it fixed. And I'm not quite sure why it's called Noddy and Martha Monkey. Maybe Martha Monkey had um, something to do with it. Oh, I think maybe Martha wanted to go somewhere, but Noddy's like, well, I can't take you because my car is uh, in a bad state. Yeah. And yeah, the last episode I watched of the Toyland Adventures was Noddy has a bad day. So... He basically is really, really busy. He's trying to earn a bit of coin. So he has to run errands for Dinah Doll, Miss Pink Cat, and Mrs. Noah. And for Dinah Doll, he has to pick up a, a stool for her. For Mrs. Pink Cat, he has to pick up... Um, what is he picking up for her? He's picking up a bit, some bit of fish because she's having a, a, a fish supper party. I'm not quite sure what... He was picking up for Mrs. Noah, which I did like the nice... T- it was like a nice little touch. She was, um, they all live on a boat. And so Mr. and Mrs. Noah and the children, I think a couple of animals as well. So they're all living on some boat somewhere. I can't remember what he was getting from Mrs. Noah, but the other stuff. So, yeah, so he's on there with um, Martha Monkey. Martha Monkey's like, oh, take me to wherever and he's in the car and he's like i don't know where i'm going and where i'm going so he breaks the the table so that's messed up so he goes to the port where he's collecting the fish but it turns out the the ginger bloke gives him a bit of bones so he's like oh what do i do what do i do and so he's basically going home and he's trying to fix the the three-legged table so he gets Master Tubby Bear to try and fix it. And Master Tubby Bear's like, oh, well, if he, if I fix it, will you give me a glass of lemonade? And Noddy's like, yeah, yeah, if you, you got to fix it first. But he does all the legs and he does it the wrong way around. And Noddy's like, what are you playing at, you donut? And so Master <laughs> Tubby Bear's go, can I get that lemonade now? And he's like, no, you don't. Matter of fact, I'm going to have a lemonade. So he's just basically drinking the lemonade. He's like, right, get out. I've got to try and figure this out. And so he goes to Mrs. Noah and I think Mrs. Noah gives him some fish. And so he's like, okay, right. I'm going to give this fish to Mrs. Pink, Miss Pink Cat. So he goes to Miss Pink Cat and she's like, oh, well, you're just in time. Otherwise you would have been, you would have been too late. And so he gets, he gives her the fishes and then she gives him a, a stool that looked a lot like the one that Dinodol was about to get, but she was meant to get a blue one, but instead she gets a yellow one. And Noddy's like, oh, yeah, 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 here's, here's, here's your table. Here's your table. But it's like, oh, yeah, you got the table from Miss Pink Cat. But, yeah, so everything goes to plan and everything gets sorted out. Make way for Noddy. So this was a British-American 
CGI animated series that was produced by Chorion of the United Kingdom in conjunction with SD Entertainment in the United States. Although most of the naughty characters have been redubbed in the American version to remove their accents, who's Naomi? Naomi spoke with a strong English accent and used British English words and phrases. And it features songs written by Stephen and Julie Bernstein, Larry Grossman and Lorraine Feather. The music was directed by Terry and Sharon Sampson, while the theme song and music video segments were performed by the cast of the TV show Kids Songs. So that was Make Way for Noddy. And so what episodes did you watch of this? I only watched one because I was kind of flying through this. So, yeah, I only um, watched one too. Uh, so I watched one called Too Many Noddies. <laughs> uh, and this is one where uh, Big Ears cast a... F- Noddies with Big Ears at the beginning and um, Big Ears cast a spell on a flower to make two flowers. Um, and he says it's okay because I'm making it in the garden and everyone's going to look at the garden. It's going to be nice and this benefits everybody. And then Noddy's got to go and pick someone up in his car and he's like, to be honest, it's a really nice day. I'm not, I don't want to do it. So I'm going to cast a spell on myself um, so that I don't have to go and pick up this person. So he casts a spell on, on himself and makes two Noddies and he sends one Noddy to go and pick up this person. And he goes and just enjoys the thing. And then um, he goes back and he's like, Noddy, what are you doing? And there's another Noddy. And then he says to that Noddy, what are you doing? You should be going to pick up this person. He goes, yeah, I didn't want to go. I wanted to enjoy the sun. So I cast a spell on myself. And then I sent the other clone to go and pick up the person. And then that person didn't want to do it. So they cast a spell on themselves and sent another person to do it. If you see what I mean. So it kind of went on. Even even the, even the, even like the clones of Noddy didn't want to go and pick up the person and they wanted to enjoy the sunshine. So eventually the person didn't get picked up. Um um these not the so the noddies are quite mischievous and pc plot ends up rounding them all up and then big ears cast a spell on them to make all the noddies back into one again and then noddies like oh crap i still didn't pick up almighty from the train station um <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of how it ended so um yeah uh i think immediately these ones are more difficult to watch because the cgi Exactly, and the musical easier. element to it too. I never noticed that, but yeah, it's probably. Oh, I did. I, I, I saw the computer graphics, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I watched Noddy and the New Taxi. Yeah, one thing I noticed. Yeah, one thing I wrote down was musical. So it basically, starts with Noddy going, "I'm driving, I'm driving in my car. I am the only taxi." in toyland and he's basically singing along and i was like oh this is oh, I, that, that, not that, annoying that, at all this is not <laughs> annoying at all and so yeah noddy's making a big deal of the fact that he's the only taxi in toyland and so sly and gobbo are like well we're gonna do something about that and so they decide to give free rides and Big Ears is like to Noddy, oh, don't worry about it. Toyland is big enough for two taxi drivers. And so Goblins, yeah, they're giving free rides, but Noddy's taxi is quicker and can go far. And so the Goblins are like, right, we need to be the only service in, in town. 
So basically, they throw silly dust onto Noddy's car. And so basically, Noddy's car veers out of control and it collides with PC Plod. And Noddy's like, look, I don't know how this is happening. But PC Plod's like, right, I got you banged to rights. I'm taking you to jail. So he's basically locked up. And so Sly and Gobbo are the only game in town. And so they, like, charge six pennies for a cab. And they're like, what are you talking about? Noddy only charges us two. And he's like, well, Noddy's in jail. and We're the only taxi in <laughs> town. <laughs> and so Big Ears is visiting Noddy in jail. Because I'm sure you're allowed to have at least one phone call and a visitor. And so Big Ears is like, right, who do you know that has a motive against you and wants you out of town and he's thinking okay it's best to be Sly and Gobbo and so Big Ears does a little trick and he makes sure that he gets um, the goblins summoned to him and so the goblins get arrested and they undo the the silly dust and then Noddy is back being the only taxi in town. And he's singing along to his song. I'm the only taxi. I'm the only taxi in town. Woo, woo. And then you watched Noddy in Toyland, didn't you? I watched, yeah, the magic paintbrush. Or did you watch Noddy Toyland Detective? No, definitely not that one. It's a 2009 broadcast, Okay. I think. Um, which is called the Magic Paintbrush. So, so, so Noddy's playing with the dog. Uh, she throws a stick for the dog to fetch. It bounces off something and hits the car and it scratches the car. She's like really annoyed. She goes to the garage and it's messy and the workers having to sort sort it all out. Kind of in the middle of sorting everything out. And she says it hasn't got um, the right spray. But she goes, oh, this is the right colour. And she sprays it and it's green and she sprays it and it's blue. And, and then... And then the mechanic says, actually, I haven't got the paint. It's going to, you know, it's going to be next week now until I can sort of fix your car. And um, then um, Noddy goes to see Big Ears and he's got a magic paintbrush uh, and he paints the car with it. uh, And it's yellow paint, so it's fantastic. Um, The problem is that the paintbrush goes mad um, and it just starts going painting everything like it just flies off on its own and it's kind of a bit of a fantasia kind of thing where it just does its own 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 thing um uh and then in the end the dog noddy tells the dog to fetch the um the, the paintbrush and he manages to go and get it uh, and the dog gets a cupcake as reward which i thought was quite irresponsible and you shouldn't feed cupcakes to dogs <laughs> Right, so, yeah, the last thing, Noddy Toyland Detective, which was a French-British-American computer animated series featuring the character Noddy and the series, and it was produced by DreamWorks Animation Television and Gourmand Animation, and in French, it was called Wee oui, Wee, oui, En Coutes au Pays du Jus. Apologies to French listeners there. I know I said that horribly wrong. <laughs> and I know that we've got quite a few French listeners. So uh, apologies for that. And the episode I watched was Noddy and the Case of the Broken Crystal Memory Game. So apparently there's a Daredale, Daredale 
challenge obstacle race that's about to start. But it's discovered that the crystal memory game is broken. And Noddy and Revs are trying to find out who's responsible for breaking it. I kind of fell asleep during this, so I didn't really know who did it. And yeah, this wasn't this wasn't something that I was very interested in. I thought it was quite a perversion, frankly, of uh, the Noddy that I remember watching as a kid. I think they kind of went a bit overboard with the remakes. Like, we get it. You don't want to do stop motion. You want to do CGI. But yeah, y'all went too far with this. And it wasn't something that I really was paying attention to. And was just kind of running down the clock, really, to be honest. Yeah, I think um, one of the great things about, like, you know, watching these shows that... um get rebooted and things like that is you can really appreciate all the work that went into the re- making the originals like um I'm not taking anything away from cgi artists because that's you know that's a job in itself but you know there's something more about a stop motion i'm not sure about how you found it but as soon as it went to cgi and it happens time and time again as soon as it goes to cgi i i'm, I'm out i can't do it i just yeah i lose I, I lose interest in in what I'm watching and it's not like obviously there are some really good cgi cartoons i'm not saying but when you try and change something that was something so hands-on and so pure and you change it to a computer generated image instead yeah. it loses its soul and and i think that's a real shame um and it, you see it time and time again when something gets trans you know changed from that to that it, you see it all the time yeah i mean what I mean, look, I don't, I don't mind the CGI stuff as such. It's, it is what it is. If you want to adapt and move on to modern times, okay, fair enough to do it. But I think the problem when you're moving from stop motion to CGI is if it was a program that wasn't that memorable, then I guess you can make it CGI and then it can be better. But there yeah. is a visible and visual difference between, I don't know, a noddy stop motion or a fireman Sam stop motion versus the a CGI version. And yeah. if you've fallen in love with the stop motion, you're going to find it very, very difficult to not only fall out of love with the stop motion, but then again, fall back in love with the CGI. So it takes yeah. quite getting used to, especially if you've grown up with it. I mean, if you're a kid now and you're just used to CGI and all the new stuff, then you could probably feel a certain way about stop motion. Like, oh my God, this is so slow. This is so boring. Mm. That's a really good and, point, actually. I never thought of it like that. But as a kid, if you're used to the technology and the HD and the 1080p and the full screen and you're used to that, then yeah, all the all the all this new stuff, you're like, yeah, okay. No, no, no problem and whatnot. But uh, it was just um yeah, just it's with the stop motion. It's just we feel a certain kind of way because we kind of grown up with it, and it's embedded yeah, it's really in us. Whereas the newer stuff, mm, it is, but we think it's just not the same. Like I can't rock with a CGI Noddy the way I can rock with Noddy's Toyland Adventures, and it's not even just the stop motion. It's even like something as basic as the theme song. So like the Noddy's theme song 
again, it's a really iconic theme song that I grew up watching. Like, I remember when it's really, like, I just remember, like, when it's really, on a really rainy day, when you just come home from school and it's, like, thundering with rain and you just see Noddy coming on and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is brings back so much memories. Or even at school and wet play, chances are we're watching mm-hmm. Noddy. And I've got, you know, I'm sure we had the VCR of Noddy at home and we would watch that. Yeah. With amongst all the other sort of cartoons as well. And it's just one of those where it just brings back so many memories. And it's a shame that Enid Brighton was a, a trash human being, but uh, her being trash aside, like Noddy's Toyland Adventures, I, I really liked watching it. Genuinely, I'd really enjoyed watching it. And yeah, I, I, I did. Too. I mean, the thing, the thing is, Noddy's Noddy. Before you even get to the, obviously, like you said, it's been changed and adapted, and you know, by so many other different people now. Obviously, Enid Blyton is the original creator, but not so much anymore. Um, I think that um, before you even get to the the creator, you watch the the, the product for what it is, right? And, exactly. and Noddy is a very memorable, very, very, very good like kids' TV show, like. Um, I didn't watch any of the bad stuff that you spoke about before because it had already been changed by the time I got my hands on it. Yep. If you see what I mean? Yep. So uh, it's a bit of a shock, shock and yeah. You know, to, to learn about I mean, it, I had to like take history. a step back reading it because I'm like, yeah. yeah, I'm about to actually read this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going to be reading all of this twisted up stuff. I mean, it's just like it's fascinating to to know where you know where it's all where it's all come from and 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 again, is this is it's. It was what we spoke about the other day when we were talking about reconciling like your past. Like England used to be such a horrible racist place. Like still is, and, and these things. Well, as yeah, we yeah, saw with the dem- as we saw with um, what they called the protests. Yeah, no, exactly. And the thing is, these this is like this is where it's come from, and it's just like this. This used to be an outwardly acceptable way of life yeah and now obviously obviously now we're changing now and we're not there yet but it's like you said we were talking about the we had the the, the, the black lives matters protests and then the the opposing protests and think ah it's just it's it's, it's beyond me what how these people are are, are, it was are living in today's society how you had people doing nazi salutes urinating yeah, I mean, on, a, on a, a police officer's memorial the thing is and they we were trying are... to compare the two which was like, how are you going to compare one and the other? One side yeah. is literally trying to, for equal footing, whereas the other yeah. side are just there for for a fight. They're looking to like draw to people out for a fight people. and punching yeah. police officers in the face and doing literally Nazi salutes in front of Winston Churchill's statue. And I believe yeah. Winston Churchill was the one who who led us into victory was against, against the, the, the Nazis. Nazis! And they're doing Nazi <laughs> salutes. It's like, make it make sense. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Always was and still is. But, uh, yeah, on that note about the UK, I think it'd be a good place to bring it to an end. Um, yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from, so... Go out, go out your way, listen to it, like, share, subscribe, do whatever it is your podcast platform allows you to do. You can find us on the socials at Yesterday's Capers 1 on Instagram. 
It's Yesterday Capers on Twitter. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash yesterday's capers, all one word. You can find me on the socials on Insta at Abdullah underscore Molim. Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. Give me a holler, give me a shout, let me know what you think. And join us next week for another episode of Yesterday's Capers. <laughs>